welcome to the first episode of the Iowa Type Theory Commute. I'm Aaron Stump. I'm a professor of computer science here at the University of Iowa. And um, I have some things and thoughts I'd like to share with you about type theory, which is a topic I'm studying and doing research on. And I had the idea that I would like to um, share these thoughts while I'm driving in to my office from my home. And so it's, that's why it's called the Iowa Type Theory Commute. And it's also a little bit of a joke because my commute here in Iowa City is very short. And so each of these episodes of this podcast are going to just be on the order of 9, 10, 11 minutes long. And so it will take, um, you know, a couple weeks to queue up enough of these little episodes to equal um, one real commute in some of the cities that people might be living in and might want to listen to my podcast. Anyway, um, so, uh, yeah, so I'd like to talk today a little bit about computer check proofs. This is a important and interesting topic in computer science, and it's a topic I've been working on myself for quite some years. And um, so the, what I want to share today is kind of intended for a non-specialist audience. It's intended for a general audience, possibly even not computer scientists, just anybody who's sort of curious about these matters. Um, and sometimes later in my this Iowa Type Theory Commute podcast, I anticipate I'll probably have some more specialized presentations, but for today it's pretty broad. But I hope even people who already work in this area, um, do research in this area, perhaps something of what I'll say will still be interesting to you, um, just from my own random perspective on it. Anyway, so, um, yeah, so I like to talk about computer checked proofs. And, you know, so in mathematics, of course, people have been doing proofs for literally thousands of years. Um, it's amazing as a human activity is sort of sustained, um, you know, it's like cooking or something. It's some basic human activity that's been going on um, since uh, prehistory. So that's, that's really quite amazing. And um, the advent of the computer has, uh, in the 20th century, has led to some new possibilities for proofs. Now, when some people hear computer check proofs, they might be thinking about um, the kind of proofs where you need a computer program to check a bunch of cases for you. For example, the um, famous four-color theorem, uh, and, and it's a very nice, easy, to intuitive theorem. If you don't know what it is, you can just look on Wikipedia for it or something like that. Four-color theorem was, um, after a, a long history of various partial results and, and efforts to prove it, was finally proved in the 70s by a pal in Hocken. And their proof, though, was um, somewhat unsatisfactory, apparently. I'm not a mathematician, but apparently to mathematicians, the proof was in some ways um, kind of disappointing because it more or less devolved to checking a pretty large number, I think it was on the order of thousands, of special cases with a computer program. And so, you know, we, we imagine sort of mathematical proofs as these pristine arguments that um, beautiful, elegant, full of interesting insights. But the reality is that a lot of um, advanced mathematics needs, you know, it needs, well, first of all, proofs can get very large. The body of results, depending on, can get, can get um, very big. And I'll allude to this again a little later in our show today. Um, and, uh, but furthermore, um, the, you know, checking cases with a computer program, there isn't really a lot of insight that a human can get from that, really. I guess that's why people would feel troubled by this. You just kind of say, well, you know, we did some, we used some arguments to break it down to the following 3,000 cases, and then a computer program said, no, 
you know, those cases are not counterexamples to the theorem or whatever, however the form of the proof is. So anyway, so that's one kind of computer check proof where you use software to help you do some of the, you know, rule out some cases or something like this. But there's another kind of computer check proof, which is the kind uh, I'm interested in and is getting some attention from mathematicians um, and certainly from computer scientists, is um, it's the kind of proof where we're, um, we're going to write down a proof that we have already in our heads. We're going to write it down in some format that a computer program can check. Um, and so such a program is called a proof checker. You write down your proof and the thing checks it for you. Now, why do you want to do that? To make sure, of course, that you didn't make any mistakes because it's easy to make mistakes um, in complicated lines of argument. Even um, really you know, highly trained professionals can make mistakes in doing this kind of thing. And so um, it's very reassuring if you have a proof checker, check your proof. And I say, now, how does it, just to emphasize, you know, so, so, so I write a proof, like I remember from long ago, you know, who knows, college, even high school, seeing some proofs and stuff, and they're just written out. I mean, so is a computer program, you know, read these things, natural language text, like read an English language proof and then check it. Well, um, despite the fact there are some researchers historically who are really interested in the idea of computers checking human written, you know, proofs written in natural language. Um, that's not really what people uh, generally are trying to do today. Today, you have tools that can check proofs written in special notation, special syntax, um, very similar to computer uh, code. So a program, you know, if you write a program in Java or JavaScript or Python or something like this, um, you're using a specific syntax for that particular programming language to express your computational idea, your algorithm, your recipe for doing something. And, or for telling the, you know, the computer to do something. And similarly, proof checkers and tools that work with proofs um, more broadly, they have their own syntax they use. So you write something that is like a computer program in the sense that it has some formal syntax and semantics. And then this tool is going to read that. It's going to parse it in using parsing technology. And it's going to check it. And it will tell you you know, are there problems in the proof or does it look like everything's good? And so if it gives you the big thumbs up that says, sure, that, that, that what you gave to me, the, you, the, the mathematician or computer scientist or whoever gave to me to check, does check out. Well, now what can you conclude from this? Well, the, you know, this is really a big step forward in making sure that the result is correct because, um, what do you have to count? What, what could go wrong in this scenario? Well, what could go wrong is that there's actually a bug in the proof checker. Maybe the proof checking software is wrong. Um, that is a real concern that people do have. And um, that concern, well, that's the sort of thing. Maybe we can talk about that in another show a little later on. Um, but generally, uh, just the way that with the programming language, it's, it's sort of rare as a mainstream programmer, to hit a compiler bug or to hit an interpreter bug, you know, if you're if you're writing a Java or Python program, um, to have there actually be a bug in the implementation of Java or the implementation of Python that you're using is pretty rare. I mean, I've been programming well, actually, since I was eight years old, but <laughs> for a pretty long time anyway. And only once in my life have I ever encountered a compiler bug. I ran into in grad school. I ran into a bug in the C plus plus compiler. I was using. 
I, I, it was pretty clear it was a bug. I mean, it's, it's, these things are also hard to confirm. But anyway, so a well, you would hope, and I think it's it's generally fair to say that the um, bugs in proof checking software, while a real concern, um, are and and they do happen. People are worried about these. It's it's not that common that just sort of by accident in the course of writing a proof, you would stumble upon one and that bug would enable you to prove something that's false. But that is a possibility. Um, another possibility and much more common problem would be, so you wrote down your proof, you proof check or checked it, but what if you prove the wrong theorem? I mean, all the proof checker cha- says is, sure, the theorem you gave me and the proof you gave me match up. You, you claim, you know, uh, A squared plus B squared equals C squared, or you claim whatever it is, some mathematical theorem or some theorem in computer science or whatever discipline. And yes, the theorem you claimed is proven by the proof you gave me. But what if I claim, what if the theorem I claim is something silly? What if I just say like, I have an enormously important result that I'm going to convey to you, which is that one plus one equals two. And here's my enormous proof of this fact, you know? So to trust uh, a computer check proof, you do need to trust that the theorem that is being proved is the right one. And that's the sort of thing where, you know, so yeah, that's where a human could inspect the proof. Um, certainly one can imagine other techniques that could maybe be applied to help make sure it's the right theorem. Um, but, uh, and, and you know, for a complicated theorem, it could be somewhat controversial. Did you actually prove the right theorem? Um, fortunately, in mathematics, a lot of times, exceedingly difficult to prove theorems have really simple statements, right? So just think of Fermat's last theorem. It's very easy to state. So if you somebody claims to have a computer check proven from Maslow's theorem, which I don't think exists right now, um, although it's the kind of thing that brave souls out there attempt to do, um, there, uh, you know, it'd be pretty easy to confirm that the theorem is right. It's not. It doesn't take an enormous body of mathematics just to state the theorem. It's based on a very elementary, you know, notions. Um, so anyway, uh, so, so that's the idea of a proof checker. And there are other tools, software, you know, computer tools, other pieces of software in this area that are helpful and interesting. And, and so more generally than a proof checker um, is something that people call a proof assistant. And a proof assistant is supposed to help you write the proof. And I think of, um, I don't watch The Sopranos anymore. I mean, I mean the show's done long ago, but I, I mean, I stopped watching it when it was still going because it was too violent and crude and yucky for me. Um, the writers I thought were very clever, but it was, it was kind of nasty. And but there was this funny episode where one of the young mafioso guys there in New Jersey, wherever they are, has bought uh, some software that's supposed to help him write. I forget what he wanted to write, like a novel or a play or something, something that was already a little funny that a, a young mafia kind of guy would want to do. Um, and he, he was, there was a scene where he's sitting there talking with his girlfriend in his living room. He's so mad because the software isn't doing anything. He said he paid this money for the software, and it's not writing anything at all. And he's really irritated. <laughs> it's got—it's supposed to help you. It's not supposed to do the job for you. And proof assistants or tools are supposed to help you write your proof. Now, how do they help you write your proof? Well, um, they do check your proof. I mean, so a basic part of writing a proof is checking it. I mean, you want to get to the end and have the thing check out. So a proof assistant does—you know—is a uh, also a proof checker. But it provides more functionality than that. Um, it may help give you information about your proof. For example, you're in the middle of some case and you're trying to remember, what are all the different assumptions I get to use in this complicated case? 
and it could list them for you. You could just tell you, ah, here are the, you know, 19 different assumptions that are currently active that you're allowed to use at this particular point in your proof to try to prove the theorem, um, and this kind of thing. Um, so that's called a proof assistant. And we're working um, here uh, at the University of Iowa on a proof assistant called Sedil. Um, there are many other much more famous proof assistants out there. Um, and you know, maybe in the show notes I mentioned some of these or something. Uh, and so anyway, that's a, that's a proof assistant. Now, um, for a long time, people have dreamed, wouldn't it be awesome if a computer program could simply prove the theorem for me? Like, let's have this young mafia guy's dream come true. Let's just have the software absolutely do all the work for me. I do nothing except pose the theorem. I mean, you're going to have to at least tell it what you want it to go try to prove. And then could it could some software actually go prove it? And this is um, the area of automated theorem proving. You know, so we talk about proof checkers, proof assistants. Automated theorem provers are pieces of software that attempt to do the seemingly impossible and what is actually, you know, really outside the realm of feasibility in general. They try to prove things for you automatically. Um, some automated theorem provers, you know, there are different flavors of logic. There are different restrictions one can impose on the kinds of logical formulas you can ask the prover to try to prove. And under some of these restrictions, you can do this. You can write a program that can automatically tell you um, is a formula really a theorem or not. Um, in some richer logics, it, it might not be able to disprove it, but if, it's a, if it is a theorem, it really will be able to prove it for you. Uh, and this is a rich and interesting branch of artificial intelligence called automated reasoning, automated theorem proving. Um, and, you know, proof assistants, most modern proof assistants actually do include some form of automated theorem proving as part of what they do. Um, so there, there's a continuum there, and that's the sort of thing uh, maybe I will talk a little more about in my next episode. I have arrived at the parking lot here, and so I thank you for listening in to the very first episode of the Iowa Type Theory Committee.